Good morning, Faith Life. It's uh, nice to be with you this morning. Bit of a strange week. I think you'll find, you'll know about, um, God is still on the throne and that's really good, isn't it? He knows what he's doing. He's already always known what was going on and that's, that's good. Thank you for the worship. Thank you guys. Thank you, Jules, for breaking bread and for the giving. It's good to see different people. Um, and I'm sure if you'd like to be involved in breaking the bread uh, and recording a video, they'd be very, you'll be very welcome to do that. It's good to hear from different people to see what God is doing and saying through different people. I've been, uh, as I was aware that I was coming up to, to preaching, I've been, I was thinking about what I should say and I woke up the other morning uh, with just a real sense of uh, of something that I think I want to share this morning, and, and I, I, it's not rocket science, as, as Bob said last week. It's, it's, it's something you'll know, but I think it's important when we uh, share something, we all know that we listen carefully because we think we know what's being said, but sometimes uh, there's an encouragement, there's a reminder, there's truth that we need to take on board. And often when God speaks to us, he says similar things because it takes us a long time sometimes to, to listen or to believe or to take on board what he's saying. And it's always struck me, it struck me, and I've said it last time, I think, that the passages we're familiar with uh, are important passages because people use them a lot. But uh, it's important that we listen to what God is saying uh, to us through them. And what I woke up with was a real sense of in a sense, the smallness, I just got a sense of the smallness of, of what God was doing in my life. And it, it could have been discouraging and it perhaps was a little bit discouraging, but it really struck me that what God was saying to me was that he works through seeds. That he plants seeds in my life and that they grow. He doesn't kind of put massive things into me, you know, that, that, that I then have to run with, but he puts... Uh, seemingly insignificant small things into me, plants them into me, and that I need to uh, allow them to grow um, in my life so that they bear fruit. And um, we'll see through some very familiar parables that uh, that the seed will grow. Um, and I think right at, right at the beginning, what I want to say to you is that what I'm going to say to you today is that the seed, the word, the kingdom, whatever that seed is, because you can use it a couple of ways. You can call it the seed, you can call it the kingdom. I'll show you another thing as well, that seed. But that in itself, that seed is capable of growth. In itself, that, that seed will, will uh, grow and bear fruit. And what is important is the state of our hearts. The seed itself is good and it will grow. We therefore need to give it the right conditions to allow that to grow. Uh, none of us have got second-rate seed. None of us have got seed that that is, well, you know, I've just got this seed at the back of the warehouse. It's not really that good, but I'll sow it in what it's like because he, you know, he's not going to amount to much anyway. No, that's not how God works. God always sows good seed into our lives, seeds that will grow. And um, I'll just look at that to start with. Um, but I want to talk firstly from Mark 4, familiar parables. 
and I'm going to kind of read the, the passage. I'm going to read the passage backwards, not in the sense of every word backwards, but I'm going to um, look at things uh, in, in a different order than they're written. Um, you might wonder why I'm doing that because wasn't if the if it was good enough for Jesus, why wasn't it good enough for me? But anyway, there we go. So Mark four verse thirty, and he said, "With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth." Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes large in all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So Jesus is saying, with what can we compare the kingdom when it works? It starts off really small, the smallest of the seeds when it's planted, but it grows up and becomes the biggest of all plants and, and, and things can... Uh, shelter in its shade, birds of the air can nest in its branches. So I want to encourage you right from the start, what seems small in your life with the right conditions will grow and become bigger than you can imagine or think, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the seed is in you. And also, not only that, you might feel very insignificant, you might feel very small, but you will grow. And not that you become, you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock news every day, but that, that your life is significant and has an impact on many people. So that's what I'm talking about uh, this morning. Then we'll, I'd like to turn you to verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is, uh, sorry, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And that's really just enforcing what I said about the seed. The seed will grow by itself. We don't know how. The man who sows it, sows it. He puts it onto good ground and he doesn't know how it, he goes to bed, he wakes up, he carries on with his life. It grows. It's in itself has all the potential for growth. In itself, it is good. In itself, it will, will cause good things. Where it's sown, it will cause good things to happen. And that's really encouraging, isn't it? Because it's, it's not me that's made the seed. It's not you that's made the seed. It's God that's made the seed and it will work. In our, in our lives. And then I want to turn you now to the classic uh, parable, which is probably where you thought I was going all along, which is where I was going all along for the first part. It's in verse three. It says, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell among the path. The birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root in it, withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil, and produced grain, 
growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And, and we all know the disciples didn't know what it meant and neither would we without the Bible explaining us or, or without revelation. So we don't want to get too cocky in being uh, better than the disciples. We're not. We're just as thick as they are at times. We need uh, revelation. We need the spirit. We need help to understand things. So in 13, he said, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. So this good word that we've looked at, small as it is, it's got a potential to growth. When it's sown on the soil, it's a soil that dictates the, the, the reward, if you like. And we all know, we know that it's, all, it's talking about the heart. Um, and the good thing is that we may have a stony heart. We may have a heart full of weeds. We may feel a bit like the path. But I believe God can change our soil. And it's about uh, spending time with him, how does he change our soil? By his spirit, by his word. His word can, comes in like a hoe and hoes out those weeds. His word comes in and breaks up the stony ground in our life. It comes in and clears out all our, our ignorances and blindnesses. So it, it behoves us to spend time with him in his word. And, and this is a time time of lockdown I know it's very easy to waste time I can waste time as as well as any other person you know a whole evening can go by just frittered it away um, but this is a, an important time for us to spend time with God in his word listening um, receiving changing so that we can become good soil I'm not going to go too much into into the um, the different kinds of soils but just to head up a couple of things that um, that I've seen really in my own life that the, the weeds start off as seeds as well the enemy sows weeds or we we look at things that we shouldn't look at or hear things we shouldn't hear whatever it is and and weed seeds get in those seeds need to be nipped out as soon as possible we need to allow God by his spirit to reveal to us where we've got weeds which lies basically aren't they it's lies that we take on board that we start to believe we need to nip them out get rid of them um, so that our soil is good and also it's interesting that um, the rocky soil that had no root there was a massive growth and then it all withered away and it says that the persecution came because of the word 
the word in itself, the seed that's sown, brings persecution. So we shouldn't be surprised if, if persecution or hard times come. The hard times are here. Um, some of us are finding it harder than others. But if we trust God and trust his word, he will get us through this. He will get us through this. We need to just be looking to him and looking to his word and drawing from him and allowing him to take us through. So I'm encouraging you to, to spend time with him, allowing him firstly to plant words in you from the word, plant seeds in you from the word, but also to, to, to take a good look at our soil, our attitudes, um, our, our unbeliefs, uh, our ignorances, whatever they are, that he would come with his pruning, pruning implement, come with his hoe and get our soil good so that we can bear 30-fold, 6-fold, 100-fold. That's what we want, isn't it? We want to bear good fruit from the word that's um, sown in us. But my first encouragement really is to say, the things in you may seem small, but don't despair because God puts them there small. He wants you to allow them to grow. And as we look to him to water them, they will grow and produce a great harvest. Which is, which is what he's looking for, a fruit. Um, to change the analogy, John 15 says, if we abide in him and he in us, we will bear much fruit. And God wants us to bear fruit. He wants the seeds to grow in us so that we bear fruit. We bring a harvest um, for the kingdom in our lives, that we grow in maturity, we grow into him. But it's not just, I don't just want to talk about us growing in maturity, that's important. Uh, and that was the, where I started. But uh, part of our role is to um, sow seeds in other people. God has caused us to be, called us to be a sower as well, to sow in anybody's life, not just non-Christians, not just Christians, but both, that we sow seeds that will grow. And I've been thinking a little bit about seed. I, I've been, I suppose I've been thinking a little bit more in terms of, uh, of sowing into non-Christians or unbelievers or, or, or pre-Christians, whatever you'd like to to call them. Um, before Christmas, I, you know, I've been reading in John and reading in Nicodemus when he was told he must be born again and talking about, Jesus talking about just being uh, people of the spirit and, and blowing like the wind, not blown around by the wind, but being like the wind that we, we, uh, we, we are about his business. And it's, it's struck me, and I, 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 this has been uh, something that's been, I've been aware of for a long time, that Jesus didn't say the same thing to everybody he met. Otherwise, the Bible would be very short. If Jesus did what we're taught to do sometimes and, and had a four-step uh, method of salvation, uh, well, you know, we would have like a very short gospel, wouldn't we, uh, of just four steps. Uh, repent, believe, whatever it is. And I'm not knocking that, that works, and that probably works more when, you, when you're on the street or when you're uh, in, a, in that kind of environment. Uh, and if that works for you, that's great. And we've seen uh, Connie use the bracelets that have a message to great effect. But there's a real sense that Jesus, when he was talking, he talked to Nicodemus, as I've already said, he said, you must be born again. He talked about the wind blowing where it will. Then he, next chapter, he's talking to the woman that well. He's talking about the water of life. If you knew who was talking to you, you'd ask him for water. Then the woman caught into adultery. 
uh, he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus got right to the root, right to the heart of what somebody needed to hear. Um, it's interesting, I was thinking of this, Jesus, the word, didn't just pour the whole word on top of someone. That's what we sometimes do, don't we? You know, we get an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody and we, we just blap a whole lot on, on, you know, we think we must get everything across. I've got to say everything that needs to be said. You know, this term Bible basher, you know, it's very easy to be a Bible basher. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was very sensitive to his father. And it's interesting that we know he said, I only do what I see the father doing. And I only say what I hear the father saying. There's a real sense. He was listening to what the father was saying. He was watching what the father was doing and he was doing those things. But he was very effective because he got right to the core, right to the heart of what somebody needed. I, I was thinking, you know, we have the whole Bible, don't we? we? We read the whole Bible and God is able from that Bible to speak specifically to us each day, each moment. You know, he doesn't say the same, well, he does say the same things because we don't listen often and we, it takes us a while to learn. But, you know, he's saying different things to different people. And, and I was thinking, you know, uh, I could say to people, even now, uh, listening to me, what is God saying to you? And probably there'd be all kinds of different things. Uh, and it wouldn't necessarily be what I'm saying. It might just be something that's sparked and you've, you've gone off on a, a little tangent, but God has spoken to you through it. So God wants to do the same to us. He wants us to speak specifically to the heart of, of the people we talk to, of the people around us. And it behoves us to ask him what he wants to say to each person. When we're, when we're in our times with him, we need to be asking him, Lord, what do you want to say to such and such? Um, and it takes time, it takes effort. It's more difficult than having four steps to salvation that we just hit everybody with. Um, we need to, to be listening, to hearing, and uh, it, it could be very different for different people, you know, because people, people need to hear different things and they perhaps need things that are quite simple sometimes. You know, it's very easy. And sometimes when I come to preach, I, I feel the same. I think, well, what I've got is, is so simple. It's like the little boy with his lunch going to listen and, and he gives his lunch, but yet Jesus uses it to feed 5,000 men and extra ladies and children and all the rest of it. It's sometimes the simple things that God speaks that, that are so profound, but it, it, what's profound about it is it, it is what's God saying. So we need to listen. My challenge to you is to listen and to be sensitive Firstly, to the people to speak to. Because again, Jesus didn't speak to everybody. He didn't go and heal everybody. Um, he healed everyone that came to him. But he didn't, he, he, there, was individual, there were individuals that he sought out. And he had, again, specific things to say to them. For us, what is it? Who is it that God wants us to be talking to? What does he want us to be saying? Um, and I, that's important. And I challenge you. To begin to do that and it's not necessarily that easy but uh, God will show us um, and it you know it might take a bit of courage for us to to do that but um, let's be prepared uh, to do that but sometimes 
and I've been struck because I'm going to go somewhere now. So just bear with me as I as I sort of as I, as I set this up. Um, sometimes we need to not say anything at that particular time. Um, I was I was thinking about this um, and reading in, in one Peter. One Peter seems to be the place to be at the moment. That's where our little DNA group was. I say little DNA. They're all little. They're all, you know, three people, whatever, but they're good. We've been doing one Peter and we were supposed to do it for a week, but we gave ourselves homework for a couple of weeks to, to study into things. And I hear that Mark might be looking at one Peter very soon as well. So the one Peter, the place to be. So uh, you've heard it from me, maybe second, because maybe Mark's advertised already. I don't know. Anyway, it says one Peter three, one. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewellery or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. It's interesting. Uh, he said that they should be respectful and pure, con pure, pure conduct, respect the husbands, pure conduct. Also the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. You know, as evangelical Christians or charismatic Christians or whatever you want to call yourself, I'm, I'm not sure, but we, we have been taught that we need to get the word into people and we, we need to speak. If we don't speak today, they could be uh, a goner tonight. And they, they may be a goner tonight, but we still need to be listening to what God's saying. And the word is important. I'm not saying that. So please don't mis misunderstand what I'm going to be saying over the next little while. The word is important. People need to hear the word to, to be saved. Um, we know in Romans 10, 17, it says uh, that the uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of of Christ, so there's a sense that, that people do need to hear the word, but it's about uh, being sensitive to the Spirit and doing it the way He's doing it. Um, and I was remembering um, when my son kind of started to go a little bit wayward, being brought up in church, he started to go, and we, Oliver, myself, really felt we we wanted to point out his errors and tell him that we didn't agree with what, how he was living. Um, and these things, we, uh, we didn't want him to not understand that we didn't condone his behavior if there's too many negatives in there. And it was interesting, Joyce at that time uh, had a little chat with me and said, you know, that she was conscious that it's so easy to drive people away. And I took that on board and, and we realised that actually my son had been brought up in church, he knew things, he knew the truth, he knew what was right. And it wasn't our place to keep pointing out his errors every morning, every afternoon, every evening, but to love him and to accept him and not to keep pointing things out. And that was quite difficult. So we had some quite uh, difficult conversations, Oliver and myself, saying, you know, well, we should be doing this. But... I'm sure it was the right thing because we've maintained the relationship. And when you maintain the relationship, there is potential then 
for God to use that relationship in the future. What, what I'm saying to you is we need to speak the word at the right time and in the right way. And I remember sharing with somebody maybe 15 years ago uh, and saying, you know, we need to uh, be saying what Jesus is saying and do what Jesus is doing. And this person said to me, yes, and you need to make sure that when he's not saying, you don't say. And so I thought, yeah, that's that's important. I, but I didn't take it on at the time, as you do, you know, when people challenge you. But I realised, yeah, there's times to be quiet and it's difficult. But even if we are being quiet for the moment, we can keep praying and keep loving. And it struck me that it's better to pray than to speak with a judgmental or a critical spirit. But I saw something the other day, and this was really exciting. And I just want to share this with you. Um, you might think, well, I've seen that ages ago and that's easy. Oh, it was interesting, Anna, when she did communion last week, was saying that she uh, realised something. I can't remember what it was. Now. She realised something that she hadn't seen before. And, you know, I thought, yeah, that's my life, Anna. You know, thinking to myself, how come I didn't see this 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago? If only I'd have understood this. Um, but anyway sometimes things come to us a bit late and we feel a bit thick because why didn't I see that before? But I want to turn you to uh, Genesis 1 and, and verse 11, going right back to the beginning of the Bible today. And this is in creation and God speaking and it was the word going forth and, and creating. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. Bearing seed according to the kind. We, we know that. I, I, I know that. That's not the bit I saw. We know that apple seeds produce apple trees, which produce apples, not bananas or not uh, grapefruits. But what I saw this time was it says that the, and I'll read it again from, from there so I get it. Um, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Fruit in which is their seed. Quite interesting, very interesting, as I'm talking about seed. And so I looked in the dictionary to, to define fruit. Um, and I'm sorry if this is basic for you. It, it wasn't basic for me. This is, this is an understanding I didn't, didn't necessarily have. In Collins, the Collins Dictionary, it said fruit or a fruit is something which grows on a tree or bush, bush sorry, which contains seeds or a stone covered by a substance that you can eat. So it grows in a tree or bush, which contains seeds or a stone covered by a substance that you can eat. Merriam-Webster, it says, the usually edible reproductive body of a seed plant, especially one having a sweet pulp associated with the seed. And then on life science, which is on the internet. Botanically, a fruit is a seed bearing structure that develops from the ovary of a flowering plant. Really interesting. The seed is in the fruit, and that's what defines a fruit. That's why a tomato is a fruit. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I thought, wow. So, in the fruit, there's the seed. In the fruit, there's the potential for new growth. And so, I want to turn you to a passage in the New Testament. And I'm not going to tell you where it is because I want to keep at least some of my powder dry. But you'll recognise this and you'll perhaps realise where I'm going or you maybe realised it already. And yeah, I almost told you then. Um, I'm going to start reading. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And then further on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And then finally, a bit later on in the next chapter, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from that flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. The seed is in the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit carries the seed of the Spirit. And it struck me that, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is produced as we abide in the vine, it's produced by walking after the Spirit. There's a walking, working together of the Word and the Spirit in producing fruit. But as we manifest that fruit, there's seed in it. As we manifest that fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, there's a, there's a seed in there that will grow when it reaches a good soil. That's exciting. That's really exciting. And... Um, yeah, <laughs> it kind of, it's almost like, I, I don't know what to say. Even if we don't speak necessarily, if we love people, if we manifest the fruit of the Spirit to people, and it struck me that's probably more in our long-term relationships, like Peter talks about uh, wives who have unbelieving husbands. They don't want nagging every morning about the gospel, but they do need loving, but with the fruit of the Spirit, that will bear fruit. I'm not saying necessary for salvation. It may not, but it may win them. That Peter says that it wins them. That at some stage they will probably need to hear the word, uh, the word of salvation, but not necessarily at that moment and not necessarily on and on and on and on. And on. I, I don't know about you, particularly guys don't like being nagged. I mean, my wife tells me that she's not particularly nagged. I think that's true, actually. She tells me that other, other guys... Uh, wives probably give them a harder time than she gives me which again I think is true but I'm not particularly you know I don't respond well to nagging if you want me to do something don't nag me I will do the opposite 
which is a bit rebellious, I know, so I need to repent there. But anyway, it strikes me there's times to speak and there's times to be quiet and there's times to love from a heart. And, and it talks about in the passage about, because um, it struck me again, you know, that we often use that passage negatively. If you, if you uh, sow to the flesh, you'll reap from the flesh. But it's, let, let's, that's fair enough, that means true. But let's sow to the Spirit and reap from the Spirit. Let's sow from the Spirit into people's lives and reap from the Spirit out of people's lives. Let us walk from by the Spirit and produce and bear fruit that will produce seed. Yeah, so there's times to talk, there's, there's times to not talk, but there's all, it's always time to love, always time to uh, manifest the fruit of the Spirit, always time to, to be bearing fruit of the Spirit to people's lives. Uh, that we may win people, that gives us opportunity then to, to speak to them. So, okay, um, moving swiftly on, when should we, um, when should we sow? Uh, you know, in your back of your seed packet, it always tells you, uh, uh, we bought some snowdrops in the sale. We bought them at the end of November, I think, and they should have been planted. They haven't been planted, they're on the side. <laughs> it got too late and everything's growing there, isn't it? But um, what about the seed we've got? What, when, should we, when should we sow it? Whether it be the word or whether it be Good works, really, is what I've been talking about. Good works motivated by, by love. Um, and I'm just looking, because I didn't actually put my sticker in and make a note of this. Oh, I did make a note of it. So this is Ecclesiastes. Oh, by the way, that was Galatians, the last bit that I didn't tell you about. Galatians 5 and 6. Sorry if you didn't realise. I'm sure most of you did. Um, when shall we sow? Ecclesiastes, chapter 11 now. All of us good scholars know that we don't believe everything that everybody says in the Bible. That's what sort of Mark's teaching on Job. Just because someone says it doesn't mean it's true, is what I'm trying to say. So we need to just be discerning. But I think this is this is true. I think this is this is kosher. This is fine. Even though it's spoken in Ecclesiastes by a guy that was a little bit depressed and a bit kind of uh, talking vanity, all his vanity. But this this is good. Ephesians, uh, sorry, not Ephesians. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 6. In the morning sow your seed. So there you go, in the morning sow your seed. And at evening, withhold not your hand, for you do not know what will prosper, this or that, whether both alike will be good. And going back to verse four, it says, um, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. When do we sow? All the time. We need to be looking to be sowing seed. And it's interesting, um, sometimes when we do worship on the streets, or I say sometimes, well, I remember one time praying and praying that we would be like, um, I suppose, like a dandelion uh, head or like one of those uh, Bayweller herbs where the seed just, it's like those, I don't know what you call them where you are, but um, sugar stealers or fairies, I think we used to call them, but those little seeds that flow on the, um, on the wind till they find somewhere to land and, well, no, not till they find, till they land somewhere and grow. And it's amazing, they're tiny little things, aren't they? But again, seeds that grow. But that we wanted to be like that on the street, that seeds just flowing from us. But when you look at nature, 
Uh, there's always an abundance of seed, like dandelion heads, like rose, right, willow herbs. It's not like we do one seed. There's my seed. I'm going to wait two years, see if it grows. No, sow lots of seed. Be continually sowing. Be continually looking for seed. That's what the sower did. He sowed lots of seed. The fact that some fell on the path, some fell on the rocky ground, some fell on the, on the weedy soil wasn't necessarily a problem because a lot fell on the good soil and grew. So uh, let us be people who are praying for those around us, that we would have seed to sow, that we would speak the word and that we would, uh, when not speaking the word, that we would love, we would act in love and compassion, good deeds, knowing that no matter how small, because we can think, I can't say that to that person because that's tiny. God loves you. That's, I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, I can't, I can't say that. Um, it's just, why, why not? It's a seed. It could grow in that person's life and change them completely. So let's not be proud. Let's not think, oh, I look silly. Let's just go and um, sow the seeds. Because, uh, yeah, what struck me, again, by, from the sower going back, and this is, I'm just shoehorning this point back in because I forgot it earlier on, is that the sower really is not that important. What he was dressed like, what he was doing, you know, the important bit was the seed, that he got the seed out. That was the, that was the crucial part you have he had one job, and that was to get the seed out. So in, in some ways, we've got one job. I know we have a lot more to, to love God and to glorify him, but in terms of sowing, let's just get the seed out. But as I say, let's make sure it's seed in a form, in a way that, that that's, um, people can receive. Because um, we don't know what the soil is like. We, you know, you can look at someone, and this is a classic mistake, you know, when you're doing evangelism or whatever, you look at the people and the people that look like, oh, he seems a bit wimpy, I think I can talk to him, uh, are usually quite difficult. And the ones that look, um, are usually the ones that are more interested, interesting, and often, you know, often people that get saved are the unlikely ones. So let's not uh, judge the soil, let's just sow the seed. So in conclusion, have you felt that the work of God in you is so small, insignificant, how can it ever amount to anything? Let me encourage you, take heart. It's a seed. It's a seed. Nurture it. Spend time with him. Allow him to nurture it. Allow him to water it. Allow him to till your soil, get rid of the weeds, and get rid of the stones. Um, stand firm when persecution comes. Um, so that we can be good soil. But then I just want to encourage us, challenge us to spend it, when we spend time with God, let's ask him for those around us. What can we do to sow a seed? You know, it's interesting, something Oliver said to me recently, you know, I've been spending time with God, I've had more time to spend with God recently, I've been spending time with God. And little things I've just done from that, you know, not necessarily I've heard, this says the Lord, this is what you should do. But, you know, just things come as I'm around about, just a little thought. Um, and it's been fruitful. It, one of the things was we, and I know a lot of people did this anyway, it's not, it's nothing new. I just thought, well, it'd be good to, uh, we live in a close, we've got a green in the middle of some of our houses, I thought it'd be good to, to sing carols. So 
we just put some little notes around and we, we have a barbecue in the summer sometimes that other people organize and you know people come and it's great but we just 25 people 24 five, five people turn up to sing carols and I just thought wow and it's just something that was a little seed from God that I acted on and brought great fruit and okay no one was saved in a sense but it builds community it builds relationship and, and to some degree that's what we're needing to do we need to build relationship with people around us not push people away we need to to win them and often that is more about loving and being kind kind i'm not sure kind is a fruit of the spirit we we think we have to be kind as christians don't we or nice that's the word nice nice isn't a fruit of the spirit there's no seed in nice i don't think we have to be true and honest and, and loving and kind and persevering all those kind of things um but those are much more important in, in relationship building i think than than making sure we get the word to everybody every day there will be a time to speak and hopefully we will recognize that and be able to do it but let's uh demonstrate the fruit of the spirit the love of god it's basically the love of god the underpinning of the fruit of the spirit is the love of god it's the love of god towards the people around us the grace of god towards the people around us and it's about earning the right to speak. I think that's probably true. Earning the right to speak. Earning the right to, to preach the gospel. So I, I'd like to pray now. Um, firstly, I want to pray uh, for those who feel that the, uh, the, the work in them is small. The, 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 the seed in them is small. Father, I thank you that you sow seed. You work, your kingdom works. You work by sowing seeds that seem very small, insignificant. You say, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Lord, help us to look to you to cause those seeds to grow. And I pray that you would help us to be faithful gardeners, that we would come into your presence and allow you to, to root out the things that aren't of you, the things that are causing our soil to be less than fruitful. Lord, we want to be people of, of good soil that bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold from what you're putting into us. Thank you, Lord, that you've sown seeds in us. And then I just pray, Father, that you would make us all sensitive to you, to be sowers of seed. Lord, thank you that you've, we've, we've received so much. We've got so much word inside us. that you, Yeah, Lord, I pray you take of what we have and help us to be ready to speak when that's right, but ready to love, ready to serve, ready to bless, ready to embrace those around us. Lord, and we understand that it's it's difficult at, at this time, this time of uh, a lockdown, we don't see many people, but I thank you that I was reminded this morning of Isaac, who in a drought sowed seed and reaped a harvest. Lord, and I, I, that's a word to us, Lord, that even in a drought, even when it was uh, not a good time to be sowing seed, even in a time it was, what are you sowing for now? It's never gonna work, that Isaac sowed and you reap to harvest. Lord, I pray for each one of us that you'd help us to be those who sow seed, sow the word that we'd sow, love, compassion, kindness, goodness into those around us, and that we'd see a harvest reap. Lord, I, I thank you for this lockdown. Uh, I thank you that it's a time when we can spend time with you, that we can hear from you, that we can reassess and grow. Lord, I thank you that what's designed for evil uh, you can work for good, that no weapon formed against us can prevail, Lord. So I just pray 
that you'd use this for your glory in our lives and in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So have a good week. Be seed sowers. Uh, sow seeds in Christians and non-Christians because we all need seed sowing. But uh, let's relate and build relationships with those around us, family, friends, neighbours, uh, so that we win the right to share Jesus with them. God bless you. Have a good week.